we were sweating going to talk to Everett about this because it was changing up a lot of the things that were happening. My role was going to change. Josh's role is going to change. And these were the ones we'd been bequeathed with, with Everett sure. when his was taking and growing his company. And we were both sweating it and we go down there. I had drawn out like a PowerPoint presentation with this new workflow chart and like pretty colors and <laughs> all this stuff. And we present it to him and he was drinking his Anna's Cabana, which is the drink that they make when they're on the boat. And he was sitting there drinking it and he looks at it and he goes, it's about damn time. I've been wondering how long oh, I was going to take y'all to no, do this. And Josh that's and great. Welcome to the Owner's Table Podcast. Our guest this week is Anna Marie Ellison. So she's a great friend of mine. I've done a lot of business with her here in Birmingham. But what we did is we kind of went through the rabbit hole of family life, talked a lot about family and then going through a divorce and then transitioning into doing what she loves, going back and getting some education and some degrees at an age that's not typical and then her growth in real estate and how she's managing that today as a busy mom and as extremely successful real estate professional. I know you're going to enjoy it. Is the is it broke head broke? What is it? What is like your title? It's ERA King, but like yeah. what is it? So, so I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Ch ERA King Real Estate. Chief Operating Officer ERA King, which is all things real estate. So my first question is is talk to me about that. Is that is that like are you an owner of like a franchise? Like tell me how that works and what you what you do because I'm not real sure. Yeah. So ERA is a franchise. ERA okay. King is a franchise of ERA Real Estate. And I am part owner with Anna Everett King and Josh Wright. Okay. Oh, okay. So you got the people at the top and then you own this franchise. So with you, so you, you don't really sell houses, do you? I get to vicariously sell houses with agents who were working on developing and grow, helping grow their business. So Jessica Gilmore, we love Jessica. She works with you. Does she, does she, like, would you say she's like an employee of yours or like an independent contractor? How does she's that work? She's an independent contractor and she is actually an example that I was going to give. She went on vacation for 21 days. I completely stepped in and handled all of her business for her. So she got a chance to break and sure. take that time that she needed with Gray. That's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So you own this real estate business. Let's go back to the beginning. Talk yeah. to me about where you grew up, all the different things, just kind of like your your high-level story of growing up and what shaped you? I grew up in Homewood, Alabama, graduated Not in far from your office. <laughs> nope, not far from my office. My mom and daddy, Mima and Mima, all lived within a half, five miles from yeah. where I grew up. Graduated from Homewood, got a volleyball scholarship to play at Montevallo. I did not know that. Yep. So I got in the Montevallo. weight room. Okay, do you know Fabi? Yes, yeah, so Fabi, she is... So it's funny you say that. I got injured and left Montevallo, okay. and she came in the year after I left. But I played with all the girls she's played with and was and really good friends with them. And she and I actually had dinner with Erica Van Arsdale a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> How about that? Okay, so for people that don't know, Fabi Clark is a really good friend of Jackie and I. Got kids the same age as Jackie. Mm -hmm. uh, Jackie's nice kids. And um, she's the head volleyball coach at Helena. And her husband, Jeremy, does a lot of our insurance. Just wonderful, wonderful family. So yeah. She's from Brazil. Yes. Still has a pretty thick accent. Yes. I and have to watch her talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh, that's, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So went to Montevallo. So in, when you're at Montevallo, so I have to ask this question just about every time. So from the time I was five, I knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. When you were at Montevallo, what was like, hey, th I'm going to go do this. What was that? I was going to be a political consultant or be the press secretary for the White House. I wanted to be C.J. Craig. 
Really? <laughs> Why? Why did, like, I've never heard anybody say that, and that's not something people say. Well, um, I like politics. I like okay. the reconnaissance research when somebody decides they want to take on or run for office or push an initiative. I like poking holes and finding out why they will not vote for you or where you're weak on subjects and helping with right policy and that type of stuff. Do you still enjoy that? I do. Really? <laughs> but on the real estate side. So I'm heavily involved with our local association um, with housing policy, homeownership rights. When you say local, do you mean Homewood or Birmingham or Alabama? All, yes. All three? Yes. Okay, so you're you're kind of lobbying for what you feel like is the best thing for... No, I am not a lobbyist. No, no, no. I, I, okay. I okay. Yeah. What's the best way? You're <laughs> uh, standing up for... Yeah. What you feel like is the best thing for the, the homeowner, the citizen, or... or is... uh, property rights. Okay. So that can be business owners, that can be homeowners, that can be people and tenants' rights as well. So property rights. Okay as well as making sure that the realtor, realtor has a job 20, 15, 30 years from now. There are all kinds of entities putting pressure on our profession. And so making sure we're protecting that for years to come. What, what kind of pressure? I don't understand. Well, Give me an example. There's all kinds of um, real estate technology companies that feel that they can replace the human experience or the human relationship when purchasing a house mm. with a bot, with AI, with blockchain. Like I said, there's all kinds of people out there that feel and, and are, have funding ginormous pockets to be able to remove that human element from purchasing a house. They see a world where you can drag and drop a house in a cart and, and, and purchase. Okay. I, so the crazy thing is I was listening <laughs> to something this morning. I listened to, there's these two guys they have a podcast called My First Million. It's a wonderful podcast. These guys, just two dudes sitting around talking. It's great. And they talked about that. I mean, mm -hmm. this morning, the guy talked about how he feels like at some point you will be able to buy a home online. Now, in that process, though, there's still a bunch of dialogue, red tape, not red tape, dialogue, just back and forth that I understand the real estate process extremely well. Mm -hmm. But like I still lean on like Joey Calvin. I bought a lot of homes with him. I bought some stuff with Jessica. Mm -hmm. Like I still lean on those people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it'll ever get to the point where the human is not necessary? No, because I think, um, and I know that when somebody makes a purchase of a piece of property, whether that's for business or whether that's for their, their personal family, they want somebody to stand by their side and do that with them who has had success. I liken it a lot of times to if you were to go climb Mount Everest, mm -hmm. you're going to take your Sherpa with you. Sure. You're going to want to take somebody with you who's climbed to the top and made it back down. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's the same for housing. And whether you bought one house, whether you bought 15 houses, you want to have somebody help navigate that for you because it's not your full-time job yeah. knowing all the codes, financing, ups and downs, Next and stuff steps. like that. Yeah. Even if you've bought two or three houses, like I'll give sure. you a great example, a guy here in the room with us, Luke, he's selling his home. And Troy, he was on the market for one day. The next day, because he cast me, was like, hey, what do I need to do? He said, I got two full price offers. Mm -hmm. Day two, I was like, hey. So I called a couple of people. I was like, hey, what do we need to do here? This is what I think. What I thought was pretty much in line with what my, my buddy thought. And we're waiting. But, but they, I mean, there's, 
four conversations going on mm-hmm. for four different people that are relatively well-versed in real estate. He may not ever go into real estate, but him having a human being. So he's got him, he's got his real estate agent, he's got me. And then he's got the guy that I kind of lean on and trust on stuff like that. So I, I, I think I tend to agree with you. Now, I do think that there will be a time where real estate professionals, people that do investing, people that um, have systems in place that are buying in bulk, meaning multiple rental homes, multiple. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a little less human heavy. Potentially. A lot of the work of the human being removed will come from the lending side. That's where so much of the, mm, yeah. the stuff occurs. But Meaning like bankers? Well, yeah. And, you know, Fannie, Freddie, some of their policies are not really up to date when it comes to being their being ability to remove a human from it. Right. But. Housing is not a stock or a bond or a commodity. It is something that somebody's going to live in, have family memories in, raise their children in. So there is a part of life that happens in a house. And sure. if you're an investor, you're going to want somebody who knows the people who will be renting those properties from yeah. you. And that can't happen from a bot. No, I agree with that. I do agree with that. So, um, okay, so... Taking a step back, so you go from this, I want to be press secretary, to what crushed that dream or got you out of that? Like, where did it go from there? Because, you know, 21, 22 years old, wanting to be the press secretary to being an extremely successful real estate, you know, mm-hmm. business owner. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me the journey there. Like, what when you left Montevallo, where did you, what, what happened from there? Uh, well, life choices. I didn't graduate from Montevallo. Okay. Life choice, choices. Um Fell in love, got married really young, mm-hmm. and moved to Anniston, Alabama. Moved a couple different places, but ultimately ended up in Anniston, Alabama. Okay. And that's where I met Anna and Everett King and got, was talking to my aunt. She was licensed down in uh, Navarre, Florida. Okay. I said, do you think I can do this real estate thing? She said, I think you can. At that time, I was managing the back office for like 13 health clubs, and I hated it because all I did was talk to people who owed us $29 and $39 a month. And then, you know, our vendors, um, I did learn a lot about running a small business by managing that back office, right. like cash flow and, you know, stuff sure. like that. So life kind of took you in a different direction. And mm-hmm. so you're in Anniston managing the back end of these health clubs, yeah. which, as you've already mentioned, was extremely valuable. Oh, yeah. Because one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is, like you said before, is influx of cash, outgoing of cash, payroll business this, that that was probably a extremely valuable time period. I didn't know it. At the, I didn't know what I was, the, the knowledge, the experience. I didn't know what I was getting at the time. Wow. Um, what I knew was, is that I didn't have a college degree and I could make $750 a month per health club. And I didn't think it was possible to make that much money without having a degree. Okay. So you, you guys moved to Anniston and you start these health clubs and you're managing the back end of these yeah. things. And you sounded like you'd learned a lot in that situation. Yes. So the influx of cash, the outgo of cash, all that good stuff. So from there, where There's did you- There's a customer service element that yeah. you run in the health club. I don't know if you've ever worked out at one, but the tannin beds are never clean. Personal trainers will hit on you. Child care is never open at the right hours. And all the equipment's broken. And they make you sign like a lifetime contract <laughs> that you only get out of when you die. Right. <laughs> You're right. Or you move more than 60 miles away. So I got that part experience mm. as well. 
is helping people, you know, they're never going to get out of this contract, sure. but I'm going to make them happy and address the tannin beds and address the toilet paper, right? you know, and knock on three months at the end of their contract to make it a 39 month contract sure. instead of a 36 month contract. So <laughs> what did you transition from there? So I got my real estate license and my aunt had said she thought I would like it. And I remember calling my mom and I Do said- Do you have a kid yet? No. Is Major, okay, Major's not born yet. This okay. is 2006 is mm-hmm. when this is. So uh, we, I call her at my mom and I said, hey, I think I'm going to get my real estate license. And she goes, Anna Marie, that test is so hard. Do you think you'll pass? So you get your license in 2006. Mm-hmm. In June of So everybody's trying to sell houses because they're, oh, they're yeah. giving so much money away. Yeah, it's the best time. Because I bought a house in 05. It's the best time. Best time. Okay. People are coming out of the woodwork. Money is free. Wow, it is free. It was free. <laughs> I didn't even have to show you my income or I have a down payment. God, I, go I know. Like, I, again, I bought a house in 05 <laughs> and was making, I was not making any money. And my wife didn't even have a job. Uh-huh. We weren't married, number one. My wife didn't have a job and I got a letter straight up. I got a letter from the guy that was going to hire. This is how crazy. So you young people, this is how crazy things were in like 02, 03, really 03, 04, all the way up to 08. Mm-hmm. I was making 30 grand. My wife didn't have a job. And we got a letter from the principal saying a, that she was going to make $40,000 a year. And we got a mortgage for over $150,000. Yep. And had like probably $8,000 in the bank. Probably didn't have a credit score. They didn't Very care. Very small. Yeah. yeah. They didn't care. Wow. Okay. So you get your license in 2006. Go yes. ahead. Well, so I remember calling my mom and telling her that this was the direction I want to go. And she said, Anna Marie, I hear that test so hard. Are you sure you're going to pass? And I was like, well, thanks for the confidence thanks, there, mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was determined to prove her wrong because I know you don't under, might understand the mother-daughter relationship, Mm-mm. but nope. yeah, I had to make sure that I was right on this. Sure. One. So I took about 30 days and passed the test. And First I time? Her. Yep. Very good. I called her and I said, Hey, I passed. And she goes, You did? Oh like, my gosh. What are we doing? What are you, well, I'm the first daughter. Yeah. I'm the overachiever. <laughs> exactly. Of course, I'm going to pass. Interviewed companies uh, in Aniston at the time and ultimately landed with Anna Everett because of all the companies I talked with, they were the only ones looking forward. They talked about the direction that they wanted the company to go in. They weren't reflecting on all of the accolades of previous year's achievements. And an Everett King. So like mm-hmm. ERA King, that's those human. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that was local. I thought it was a like yep. a national thing. Okay. He started it or his dad started it. And now we're 54 years locally owned. Wow. Okay. So you get the license in 06 and then immediately go start working for ERA King. Like yes. as a, that's just as an agent. Yep. Okay. So you're working as an agent. Working as an agent. Where? Uh, in Aniston. Okay. Covering that Aniston, Oxford, yep. Jacksonville area. Major was born in December of 2008. Okay. And I had been grappling with going back to school at that time. But wow. then when he was, because, so from six to eight, which is only two years, I I didn't know anybody in the area. So I had to build, I don't know anybody. Mm. I was working in our house. Sure. With these health clubs, I had turned in my notice there because I couldn't build a business in Aniston. I mean, I didn't know a single person. I knew my husband's mother and father, and that was it. And then my broker. So the only thing I knew was to get involved in the community. Well, okay. Are you married at the time? We're married. Okay. Because yes, we got married in 2003. Yep. Okay. So um, I didn't know anybody there. And my 
husband at that time was working at Jacksonville State University, so I knew his the coaching staff. He yeah. was a graduate assistant. So if I and didn't what sell year is anything, this? Um, this was 2006. Okay. Okay. 2005, 2006, so 2007, okay. 2008. All right, keep going. He was a graduate assistant up there, and, you know, being a son of a coach and working in athletics yourself, you know how much graduate assistance gets paid. Oh, yeah. I didn't so make I anything. had uh, to hurry up and sell some houses, or we were going to be in a really tough spot because okay. I'd already turned in my notice for the health club situation, wasn't working with any of those sure. anymore. So I had to sell something real quick. So he's a GA. So he's a GA. You're a new real estate person mm-hmm. and yep. don't know anybody. Don't know anybody. It's hard enough for the for the people that know a lot of people mm-hmm. to break into that business, but you don't know anybody. Not a single person. And this is 08. This is 06. 06. This is 06. Oh, man. Okay. So wow. he. This is not starting out great. No, it's not. Well, as a GA, one of the perks is you do get, the, you can eat on campus. Yep. <laughs> you can eat in the cafeteria and all of your food and all that stuff's covered up there. So he. We knew how he was going to eat. Sure. It was a little tough since if I hadn't sold anything. So our company was members of the chamber. Yeah. We were sponsors in all of the things. Well, I tended to meet people and to eat. eat. Every lunch you could. <laughs> Every lunch I could. Wow. Uh, I joined the Kiwanis Club so that I could meet people. And eat. Well... <laughs> But I couldn't pay their dues. Mm. So I asked. They didn't have a new person who did the newsletter at the time. So I asked if I could do their weekly newsletter and they would comp my dues. That's so I got awesome. my Thursday lunch covered. But I, they got an email from me once a week from Anna Marie at ERA King Real Estate yes. with all the Kiwanis information. And so I attended all the mm. chamber things. And so I had, was working. I had worked up to, I was not the best and I wasn't selling two houses a year. I had a nice plate but it got to a place where everybody would say, where did you go to school? And I go, I graduated from Homewood. And they go, no, but where did you finish, co- where did you finish college? And I got in, was starting to get embarrassed that I didn't have a place to tell them. So I remember talking to Everett and saying, hey, I think I'm going to go back to school. And he was like, you know, you don't have to do that. How much you're did you have plenty left? Of money. I had about two years at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. He said, you know, he goes, you don't have to do that. You know, I don't have to have a degree to sell real estate. I said, I know, but I want, and he goes, yeah, you want to be able to hang that sheet of paper on your wall. The people you're working with have completed that part. And I said, yeah. And um, so I did that. Anyway, so I did go back to school. Okay. So, and I finished at Jacksonville State. Okay. Oh. I did finish at Jacksonville State. But I, I took two years, my last two semesters, I took tw- I got permission to take 21 hours so I could get done with it. Yeah. But I knew if I didn't do it when Major was young, I would never have the opportunity to go back. So I would yeah. go to class. I would take the 7 o'clock class, and I would be in class either Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. I didn't do them all five days. Sure. And I'd be out of class by about 11. Well, that's about 30 minutes for me to get to the fill in the blank lunch and go to this chamber event. Then I'd show houses, work all day the rest of the day and then work on the weekends. But I sold houses to either every professor (laughs) that I taught or somebody they had moved in or somebody they were moving out. So by the time I was done, it had well paid for itself, me going back to school. And I loved every single minute of it because I got to focus on something really, really hard that had nothing to do with my livelihood. Did or you, keeping a human alive. <laughs> do, okay, so you're a, this is the time when most successful people go through this time. Mm-hmm. I could probably walk you through my time a little bit different, a little bit earlier than that, but it's the same same situation. So 
how much do you attribute? We talked about consequences earlier. Mm-hmm. How much do you contribute that section of time? Working, small kid, selling homes, going to every networking event you can, and uh, going to school. <laughs> yeah. How much do you contribute to all of that hard work to where you are today? I mean, all of it has yeah. to do with that. Um, you know, you talked about earlier about I got my license, like right when everything was fantastic sure. to nothing, the everything bottom. stopped. Well, I hadn't had enough time to establish any horrible habits. Mm. I hadn't ta- I hadn't had any advantage of, you know, just people knocking on my door because I didn't know anybody there. Right. So all I knew was the grip and grin, shaking hands, kissing babies yeah. in order to get my name out there and, and to build business and to follow through with what you said you were going to do. And I learned a lot about time management Yeah. and what I probably take away the most from that time now today. And I talk about it a lot is the importance of being intentional with your time. Because if I wasn't intentional with this thing and then this thing and then this thing, I would have a lot more gray hair. (laughs) Well, you have all the time blocking. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've got to be here at this time. I've got to be here at that time. So I got to make sure job A gets done before I go to job B. So you, you graduate from college. Mm-hmm. The only reason you graduate is to say I graduated from Jacksonville State, wherever. So where where does it where does life lead there? So you got a young kid, you just graduate, you're selling houses. Are you having any success with selling houses? Yeah. Okay, so you're making great money, average money, or just no, not very good money. I I mean I was supporting my family, so yeah. Okay, so where does it transition from there? How long do you stay in that that mode of? I sold all the way up until 2013. Okay, and then life brought me back to Birmingham. Okay. And I needed to... And majors five at the time. Yes. Okay. Yep. Life brought me back to Birmingham. And at that time, um, Anna Everett had bought a comp- an office in Birmingham. And they were looking to hire a broker or make a change in a broker for that office. The broker at that office, he had had small kids and he wanted to take some time off to coach those kids. And so they were actively hiring. And so they had already hired or interviewed two experienced brokers from the Birmingham market and had made a decision to hire one of them when I asked for a courtesy interview because I had been with them for so long at that point. Yeah. They knew who I was. I had just moved to Birmingham. And they knew I was from Birmingham and that all my family was still there. Mm, and so, smart move. Yeah. And uh, they said, sure, we'll let you interview. And um, so it was Anna Neverett. We were in the room and, and Josh was in there too. He was not in the position he's in now. And Who's Josh? Uh, Josh is their son who was starting to take over some of the management before I moved into that role. Yeah. Okay. So you move back to Birmingham. Do you get, I mean, what happened from there? So you interviewed, then what? Then what? So of all the things that I said, I said, you know, y'all have known me for a long time. You know, my work ethic, you know, that I'm able to juggle a lot of things successfully at the same time. I don't have broker experience, but I do have something that none of the other people you've spoken to have. And Everett goes, really, Anna Marie, what's that? And I said, I've grown up in your company culture. Yeah, I can teach your company culture. I can recruit and I can grow this company to your company culture. And that's ultimately what sealed the deal. So they wow. gave me like this much rope in the beginning. Sure. And then from 2014 to 2019, we grew by four offices in the Birmingham market. Okay. So let's go back. So from 2000, that 2013, 2014 mark, when you moved back to Birmingham, 
when you interviewed, what were you interviewing for? Were you interviewing? To be the broker of one office. When you Okay, so let's make sure people understand. Yeah. What is a broker? What is a real estate broker? A real estate broker is responsible for coaching, training, managing the agents underneath them who have my proxy to practice real estate under this umbrella. So ERA King, what was the? Homewood. Uh, Homewood. Mm-hmm. ERA King Homewood, you're the broker. You're not an owner. Not at this time. Okay, no. so they still, quote unquote, own this office. Yep. Okay, so you're a broker. Now let's go back to this. Brokers, so you're the broker and the five people in the room are your agents. Correct. So there's a 5% commission. What does the broker get? So you get a little small sliver of everything that everybody sells, correct? Yep. So if it's 5%, of that 5%, what percentage does the broker get from every all the percentages? It depends because it's independent contractors agreement with every single person that's with you. So if you sell a lot, that looks different than if you don't sell anything, right? So Okay, so it's obviously maybe like a sliding scale. Sure. Okay, so you're the, just the broker. I say just. I don't mean that disrespectfully. You're the broker at this point, and you grow. And so you grow from one office, one broker in one office. And so you broker are brokering, you said four offices. So there's four more in Brokers. Birmingham, mm-hmm. and you're the broker for all of them? Well, I'm the broker for one of them. But at that time, they they had two different entities. They had a LL, Birmingham LLC, and then they had the King Real Estate from where they had purchased the company. So I became responsible for everything under that LLC, and they made me a partner of that LLC at that time. Did you have to buy into it? No. I'm a little confused. Which is fantastic. I'm a little confused, so I don't understand. So like you're an owner of this of this one in Birmingham, in Homewood, mm-hmm. but so they make you, partner in my opinion means owner. That's correct. So what do you what are you part owner of? Well, in thirteen I was just the broker, but by the time nineteen got here, I had earned the ownership portion of the entity that owned those four LLCs. So you've got four offices that you own or part owner? Part owner in. Okay. But that's now changed again. Okay. We dissolved that LLC to roll it into the larger entity. ERA King. And my ownership transferred and increased when we went to this one. And so now Josh and myself are partners with Anna Neverett in King Real Estate. So you, Anna, Anna Neverett are the ERA. Are the majority yeah. owners, yeah. And then you've got Josh, which is the kid, mm-hmm. their kid. One of the three, yeah. One of the three? Mm-hmm. Okay. They, okay. And then there's you. So yes. those are the only four partners Correct. in ERA King. Correct. So- if I'm asking the wrong question, just tell me. How many, ER, you said there's 54 offices, ERA King offices? We have nine offices you in have, the state of Alabama. You have nine offices. Yes. So you are one of the partners in owning one, all of those nine. Mm-hmm. Oh. Today I am. Yeah. But you weren't at the time. Now, when did that happen of you becoming a partner in all of nine of those offices? Um, at, well, we had the two entities. I was responsible for one. Josh was responsible for other as him and I learned to work together and our strengths and our weaknesses, the stuff I was good at wasn't his favorite stuff to do. Mm. The stuff he was good at wasn't my favorite stuff to do. So those things in both of our entities were suffering. So him or weren't doing great. And so him and I got together and I said, you know what, in a perfect world, in five years, what do you want to walk into this company and do every day? And he said, I want to do this, this, and this. 
And I said, great. I don't want to do those things at all. Those make me sick to my stomach. Yeah. And I said, what I want to do is this, this, and this. And he said, I don't enjoy doing that. You do that. So what are those things that Josh said he was good at that he likes doing? He likes working with our ancillary, like mortgage, title. We have a gigantic property management for portfolio in Anniston. They manage about 1,200 properties. So he likes doing that part, supporting the businesses that support the real estate transaction. His degree is in finance. He did mortgages for a number of years. So he likes that part. Okay. What part are you good at slash you enjoy doing? Oh, I like the sales. I love motivating our agents. I love, you know, learning about them and their families and helping them reach whatever it is they want to do. I love doing that part. Do you consider yourself being more front of house and him being more back of house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Still, but you got to have both. You got to have to. You got to have both. Have to. Okay. Do y'all manage apartments in Anniston and Jacksonville? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Okay. So you become owner in these not part owner in these nine offices. Where has it transitioned since that happened? Where, where have y'all grown transition from there? Like, what have you, are you just still rocking along? Just give me like, fill me in on when, when that happened to now, where are we at? So when Josh and I got together and said, you do this great, you do this great. Let's figure this out. That's when we dissolved one entity to roll into the hole and we went to Everett Nana, who are yeah. at that point they were the owner of King Real Estate. I just had ownership in the other piece. And Josh and I went to them and they said, We would like to propose this. We want to make it one entity, with Josh being responsible for this and Anna Marie being responsible for this. And I'll never forget we were sweating going to talk to Everett about this because it was changing up a lot of the things that were happening. My role was going to change. Josh's role is going to change. And these were the ones we'd been bequeathed with, with everyone sure. his was taking and growing his company. And we were both sweating it. And we go down there. I had drawn out like a PowerPoint presentation with this new workflow chart and like pretty colors and <laughs> all this stuff. And we present it to him and he was drinking his Anna's Cabana, which is the drink that they make when they're on the boat. And he was sitting there drinking it and he looks at it and he goes, it's about damn time. I've been wondering how long oh, it was going to take y'all to no, do this. Oh, no, that's and great. Like, oh, gosh. So afterwards, I said, I should have gotten to sign it. So if it doesn't no, work, we could that, then blame exactly. it on that it was his idea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we were both like, Whew. anyway, and that's whenever it said, hey, if y'all are going to do this, then I'm going to give y'all this. And that's when the, the ownership and the other part for, for us both. So, so they still, uh, how active are Anna and Everett? Uh, well, Josh and I try and keep them, and they have a, a boat in Key West. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to keep them in Key West like yeah, 10, sure. 11 months out of the year. Wow. <laughs> but Anna is still incredibly, she has a gigantic real estate business. She's got an, a fantastic assistance in Faith and Kayla, and they keep her business running on the ground. But she's still unbelievably involved with listing and negotiating properties. But in Birmingham did, or yeah, where? She, well, in Anniston. She did $28 million last year. Um, so they're moved a lot more out of the day-to-day. Josh and I are running the majority of that, all of that. And Everett gets to call himself the Sunshine Committee and just gets to come in and love on the people and That's wonderful. buy the drinks. And so, yeah. So since ownership was taken over, um, what's the best way to ask this? Um, are you happy with your income or do you have those types of goals? Do you have income goals? Do you have things like that? that are personal, not just the business? Do I have Do you think of those things? Goals. 
I don't want to say no that I don't think about income. I mean, I think that income is a byproduct of the quality of work that you do. Right. And if you are happy doing the thing, your work, there will be pride in what you do and you will be compensated for that. And I love what I do. Sure. And I do it pretty damn well. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, Okay. So how many agents do you guys manage right now in Birmingham or in the nine offices? So yeah, because we're in the greater Birmingham. We've got East Central Alabama. We've got an office in Tuscaloosa. And our new expansion market is in Huntsville. Huntsville. How many agents do y'all manage? We've got just under 200. So if someone was out there, real estate, want to be a real estate agent, they love what they hear. What what was what is the best thing that you would tell them to do if they wanted to work with you? Because like some people are drawn to people. Like yeah. oh, I heard this girl and she sounds amazing. Like what what would be the process there? Um, they can find me on any of the social media channels, mm-hmm. AnnaMarieEllison.com. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out. We'll have a couple of conversations, and gotta have to get a license. Sure. In that process as well, but I real estate can appear to be extremely glamorous. I mean, HGTV is making a fortune off of the glamour of our industry. Right. But as with most things, they only see this much. Oh my gosh. And uh, shadowing an agent, not just during the fun things of listing a house or showing houses or going to a closing, actually being completely immersed with an active agent and seeing all of the aspects of real estate is incredibly important. Right. You know, most people think of real estate as, you know, they list and they work with buyers and sellers and then their closing happens. But the amount of work that goes into procuring or having somebody say, yes, I want to work with you is the part that you don't, you don't see. What's the most effective way to get listings? Know your people. And when I say know your people, be present and engaged with them while life is happening. We've been talking a lot at the office right now about how interest rates don't stop life activities. No. People get married, have babies, get divorced, move, have to up down, jobs. have to move down, have to move up, jobs, regardless of what the interest rates are doing. And if you are present and actively engaged with them, they will reach out to you for help. They need you to help sell their house, to help right. find them a house. But you can't get mad if they don't call you if you haven't reached out to them, if you haven't been present in their lives yeah. to be able to play a part in these decisions. How much has social media um, affected a real estate agent's um, methods? I would tell you right now that they've made them all lazy because now they think that if I'm scrolling and I give it a this or a this or a congrats, that that is a form of engagement. It is. It is. But it's like a such a small form of it. With the other 20 people, 50 people, mm-hmm. where picking up the phone, and I don't care what generation you are, yeah, picking up the phone and saying, hey, Thomas, how's it going? I yeah. saw that, you know, Jackie just got a promotion. Y'all just got back from the beach. Your, your new Wilco property is yeah. going great. Tell me more about that. I want to hear more. Right. There is so much value in that right there. Sure. That even if I'd said, hey, congrats on the new property. Yeah. It just is not the same. How, um, so you, you made all your inroads in real estate in all the lunches, all the, the networking, the in-person stuff, mm-hmm. the, um, the Kiwanis, the chamber, all that. How effective is that today? I still think it's even more the COVID, you know, reprogrammed us all it did. to wanting more of this. Mm-hmm. Now, 
we might have more obstacles in here to get to to get to a this now because we grew accustomed to being on a two-dimensional digital, screen. Digital, Zoom. Digital. Some people are still allowing crutches of not having to work from home or not being able to leave the house to keep them or being an excuse in between these two things right. as to why they can't or don't. So do you, okay, so let's go back to the work from home thing. So do you like your agents, quote unquote, working from home or do you want them in the office? I think not just in real estate, sales in general, Okay, that productivity Activity breeds productivity and activity. Us being in the same office, me hearing you making calls, me hearing you negotiate deals, gets me fired up to make calls, negotiate deals. That breeds activity. I'll use it to a non-work environment. When you go to the gym, if it's you by yourself, do you work out the same than when it's oh, you yeah. and there's several I, people in Shane the gym? Didn't, Shane nope. didn't come to the gym yesterday, yeah. and it was not as a... Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Activity, productivity, action breeds productivity and action. And you can't, when you work from home, I'm not saying there's not a time and place to work from Always home. Is, I yes. can knock out a to-do list when I'm at home. Yeah. I, a lot of times will work from home on Fridays because I call it my focus Friday so I can get everything done mm. that I have added to my pad, my notepad for the week. Right. But the other four days I'm in the office because I want to hear and I want to breathe in and I want to be motivated by these other salespeople that I get the fortunate to work with to get me all fired up. And in turn, I fire them up when they hear me doing stuff. So, well, and we've talked about this. We talked about this on the podcast with Jen Ryan. She loved hiring college athletes and you played, you (laughs) played sports in college athletes. So how much of that is like, it gets you quote unquote fired up, but how much of it is competition? Well, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the competition of Jessica's over there, She's been called. She's been calling for two straight hours. She's talked to this. She, I can hear her saying this. She's excited about this. I mean, how important is competition in anything that we're doing? Competition's good. There's another reason why I like to hire and like to work with people who have played college sports. Okay, what is that? A person who has played college sports knows that failure isn't an ends to a means. They know that failure is a part of the process to Mm -hmm. grow and get better and to learn from that. Right. And that is something, especially today, people see I failed and then they stop. That's it. I didn't learn anything. That was done to me. I'm not supposed to do this ever and ever and ever again. Right. I see that a lot, especially with some of the younger people who are coming into the workforce, Mm. that they've, that adversity that having to have tough conversations, that being in an environment, especially in the weight room, you know, in that yeah. environment, you are cheering your teammate on to fail because they're going to get stronger, four, right? Yeah. Like that is an incredible environment that teaches you so much that it can apply today in business that you don't get that experience if you're not playing, you know, athletics. What do, uh, let's just use a number. Let's just say 35 or 40 years old. What do you see the biggest difference in, let's say, 35 and below and 35 and up, the difference in the, the two separate generations? What do you see the biggest difference in their fill in the blank? What is it? Conversation skills. Wow. That was very quick. <laughs> um, yeah. You knew the exact answer. Mm-hmm. Conversation skills. The ability to converse. Is it like make eye contact is it i mean like give me the go deeper there because that's that's crazy that like you 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 were like going to interrupt me like because uh-huh. you knew the answer yes so people that are below 35 don't talk 
converse with people as well as people that are over 35. Yeah, correct. In in most cases. Yeah. What is that? What, what are the, how can you tell? Like, what are the things that you like? Um, well. You're, head, you're, you're holding back. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> so their text communication to me or voice text communication to me is very one way. And then when I get like this with them, it's like, yes. <laughs> and I'll go, all right, explain more. Okay. Did you pick up the phone? Because, you know, in most, especially now, whenever I get involved with a situation, it's not going well. I don't ever get pulled into a deal that has no issues and is going to closing with no problems, right? Okay, so that makes sense. By yeah. the time I get involved, something has gone awry. Right. And nine and a half times out of 10, it has gone awry due to poor communication because they texted back and forth versus just picking up a phone and having a conversation or getting clarity yeah. on what a text message said. I think the lesson here is this is and I've, in hard conversations, they would a, Hey, that's a no, or they don't want to do that. Your appraisal came in low, hard conversations. Younger generations tend to want to have via text than picking up a phone or having a face to face saying, we need, I need, I need to tell you what happened. Yeah. I think the lesson here is this. They've never had to have this. They've never had to have them. Yeah. Mom always did it for them. I think that, and I tell my team this a lot. You can't hear someone's volume. You can't hear someone's tone. You can't hear someone's heart yeah. through letters. Correct. And I told my team this. Hey, guys, if you're frustrated about something, say, hey, can we talk tomorrow? It does two things. Number one, it allows you to cool off and think mm -hmm. if it's an issue that you're upset about. And number two, it allows us to physically sit down and discuss so that we can ask questions so that I can hear your heart in case and you can also hear mine. Because mm -hmm. there's sometimes when you just say no and you sit there and go, oh, that's it? Well, yeah, that's it. It knows the answer. What, what did I, did I say anything on the back end of it or the front end of it? Or how, how was my tone or what was my eye contact? Mm -hmm. It is so critical. And I tell Sierra sometimes, and Sierra's my age, and I love Sierra, but like I tell Sierra, hey, there was a problem with something, whatever. Hey, pick up the phone and call them and ask them these questions and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because even people that are over 35, I just picked a number. Sure. Even people that are over 35, have a tendency to take the, I say take the easy way out, but it's easy, super easy to send an email and super easy to send a text because here's the thing. People are extremely bold behind a screen. They are. Keyboard, uh, keyboard cowards. Yeah. Yes. So that is interesting though, but I do totally understand that from a work ethic standpoint, from, excuse me, from a work ethic standpoint, where do you see the pluses and the minuses? Or what are the pluses from the, from the younger generation that you they see? They are fearless. When the ones that I'm getting, they are ready to go, 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 go. And it does not occur to them that they can be sued, lose their license, ah! <laughs> any of these things. They're just, they're, they're going. They want to sell a house. They want to sell a house today. They're, they're, it's not a problem getting them to work. Now, I don't know what they did because they won't talk to me. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but right. they're, they're getting out there. That is something that I think is, what is it? Um, ready, fire, aim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
where some of the older generation is aim, 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 yep. aim, fire. Yep. Okay, so, <laughs> so that's a difference. That's great, though. Yeah. So we, everybody rips on younger generations of the not this or not this, but there there's a fearlessness that you've seen. Yeah. But I'll say this too: if you're hiring them, though, Anna Marie. They're probably better than normal human beings. At least you you would think so. Of course. Yeah, of course yes. they are. I'm a great hire. Yes. Um, okay, yes. so. They're all INTJ. Exactly. They're, yeah, they're yeah. wonderful. They're high Ds. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me about, um, are you married currently? Yes, I am. Okay. Tell me about your husband now. Trace. Okay. Yes. Tell me about him. What's he do? Who is he? What all that good stuff? He um, is, first of all, I cannot be Anna Marie Ellison right. without Trace Tyler Newton. That's like he uh, supports me. He is team Anna Marie. He is, makes me slow down, mm. which I need sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I don't burn out. So right. I don't get dull. He is not afraid. So you gotta have a lot of, you have to have real thick skin to live at my house to be okay, why? around me. Well, cause I mean, I'm an athlete. Like, yeah. there's that constant. It's like a locker room all the time. Doesn't smell like a locker room. Right. House doesn't smell like a locker room. No, does not good. smell like it's a locker good room. Good enough. But it's just that constant yin yan jab jab, like yeah. quick things yeah. that occur, and I don't forget anything ever. Yeah. <laughs> Neither does he. Then what does he do? He is in. He was a commercial insurance agent manager, okay. um, and they had offices in Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. But he recently got his license and just transferred over, and he's working for one of our agents. Great. Yeah, no. Okay, so he works here in Birmingham. Yes. So tell me about Major. So Major's 13 years old. 14. 14 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where does he go to school? He goes to Homewood. Okay, what is he into? He's in the eighth grade. Okay. He is 6'3", 185 pounds. Oh, wow. Big boy. Gigantic kid. Does he play football? He does play football. So he knows Landon Pettis. Him and Landon play together. Great. Him and Landon. Him and Landon are both big. They are. Major's taller than Landon. Wow. Major's taller than Landon, even with Landon's hot top. Yeah, hair, big hair. He's taller than Landon, but they are the big. So they both line up opposite of each other on a certain place. And I know yes. I'm all those when they call it from the That's sidelines. awesome. <laughs> okay, so tell me what else. Well, tell me about him and what else he's into besides football. Football. Really? His goal right now, he wants to play in the NFL. That's wonderful. And they all do, right? Yeah, sure. But what Major, and I don't know where he gets it from. Yeah. <laughs> he's written out a plan of how he wants to get there. And part of that is making sure he's getting good sleep. Mm -hmm. We have a get big plan at the moment. Okay. He wants to be 200 pounds by the end of June so that when he goes into summer workouts. He loses some, it's okay. It, well, he's, he started at 165 and he's at 185. So okay. he's got two more months to go. Wow. But he is dialed into making sure he's eating 5,000 calories a day mm. because that's something he can control. Yeah. People who play in the NFL didn't get there by accident. No. And it started with habits that he can set up now. And he is he is doing that. I don't necessarily think that all of his habits are great. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to work out twice a day. And I'm like, once is fine, babe. Yep. Just do once. Yep. It's fine. Um, he likes to listen to the internet a lot on what the newest, greatest, latest. And I'm like, you've got a great strength and conditioning yeah. coach. Just listen to that one. Some of it can be confusing information it, overload. It can. It can. Um but he, he's pretty dedicated. And like I said, he's, he's putting in the work. Major's a, a big kid. And some of the parenting conversations we have at home a lot are, you're always going to be the biggest guy in the room. Right. Probably won't change when it's you're his an adult. Dad's big, is his dad big? His dad is tall and my dad's 6'6". Six, six. Mm. I mean, I'm tall yeah. for a female. I'm 5'11". Yeah. So I mean, not like. Right. 
he's going to be tall, but he's always going to be the tallest yeah. or taller. He's always going to be the big kid. What does he play now? Does he play receiver? What does he play? He plays defensive end. Okay. Does he play offense at all? N- well, no, not presently. Not per- uh, Trace and I think there could be a chance they could move him to tight end. Right. Okay. The high school runs a scheme with the tight end. The middle school does not do uh, that. So yeah. I got you. So it could work out. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about y'all's relationship because I've got a 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a girl though. So it's a little bit different. My, my, my son is 11. So we're not quite at that stage yet. Um, tell me about the dynamic with you and him. Like is, what is it like on a daily basis? How often do you get to see him? Is there lots of text messages and things like that? Like, tell me like y'all's relationship. <laughs> Major doesn't text. He doesn't phone. Like he will leave this device away from him for hours at a time. And I'm like, pick up the phone. And I walk in there and there's, you know, 10 text messages from me, a couple from his dad, his little group messages where he's just, he's not tied to it at all. He's like, so Oh, awesome. I have a phone. That's right. Except good and bad. Yeah. Um, he walks to my office from the middle school right now. And when he forgets to whoa, turn. Whoa, 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 whoa. From Homewood Middle School to your office? Yep. That's a long way. Stop it. You walked twice as far uphill in the snow yeah. with no shoes on. I don't want to hear really? that. Really? I did it. I walked from Homewood Middle School to my dad's office on Linden when I was growing up. Wow. And I'm a street over. So yeah. he doesn't have a spot to go. Oh, my and gosh. It's not okay. Yeah. So, so he does, he's not attached to his phone, which is extremely odd for a 14 year old. It is odd. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's wonderful. I'm fine with it. I'm not pushing it. It gets irritating at times sure. when I need to communicate with him. Yeah. Um, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, what so a, our relationship yeah. is, we have a great relationship. There are things that are challenging for me as a strong-willed individual and him being a strong-willed individual. Mm-hmm. That I have to remind myself, this isn't health or safety, Anna Marie. It doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> it's I've, not health or safety. It's okay. I've got a great question that I just thought of that I want the answer because I'm selfishly have a 14 year old as well. What are you, where are you, what are your thoughts on um, dating? We don't. Yeah. Okay. 40, where I was thinking that would be a good 40, age. perfect. Okay, same page. Um, because there's a lot of people that like, John has got friends that have boyfriends and things like that. I'm like, Major 14. Does too. And it's just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, so we're on the same page there. I, um, Trace keeps telling me that it's not realistic for me to think that at some point he's not going to be interested in another person. Right. Right now, that is the farthest from his mind. He's just not interested in having another person in his life at that level. Um, And I'm okay with that. He has just started thinking about like what he wears to school mm. as it relates to what other people are wearing. He used to just get up, pull on clothes. Now he's kind of asking, Hey, does this match where he used to just not pay attention to that? Right. Um, you have a 14 year old girl, I have a 14 year old boy, but leading up to the eighth grade dance, his face had cleared up a little bit. Mm. And I said, are you, have you, are you washing your face twice a day? And his response to me was, I just started washing it once a day to get ready for the dance. Nice. It's <laughs> like, oh, gosh. we need to have a dance more often. So yes. You wash your face more often. That's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, so before we wrap up, uh, I always have five questions, and I don't want you to think about them too deeply. So there's just five quick questions, okay. and some of them are pretty easy. Um, so piggybacking off of talking about Major, what is your go-to activity with major, with lifting, your kid. Lifting weights. Perfect. We have a gym, so in, the, we have a gym in the basement. Exercise together. Yep. That's, I started early. 
Awesome. He started working out with me when he was 11. That's great. So, and he knows how to do all, he went to the CrossFit gym with me. Mm -hmm. As soon as he could sign a disclosure, he was in there doing and learning yeah, sure. how to lift properly. Yeah. Um, and it has, it has so far set him up pretty well now transitioning into high school. Sports. That's wonderful. Yeah, but we work out together. Who is your favorite follow on social media? Uh, ben Burgesson. Okay. What does he do? He, um, he owns a gym, but he has a podcast and I Ben Bergeron? Bergeron. Oh, yes. Sorry, yeah. 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 Chasing ben Bergeron. Gates okay. Yes. Yeah. I know. Sorry. Yep. Ben Burgesson is ben. the high school coach's last name. Gotcha. Sorry. Perfect. Bergeson. Um, yes. Bergeron. I actually listened to his podcast. So Ben Bergeron, that's good. What are you, and you have to, and Got a feeling I'm gonna have to rein you in on this one. What is the one, what is one thing that you're learning right now? Like you're focused on learning. Um, oh, focused on learning. Learning. Focused on learning. I well, I don't know. Say I'm learning, but I'm working on. I'm very intentional with my work things. I want to be equally as intentional about my personal non-work things. So trying to make sure that one gets not as much attention as the other, because that's really darn near impossible, but like making sure that you are spending time focused on one, but also spending time focused on the other. Well, so, you know, you've got the focus is just simplifying it really quick on your phone, you can put it in a work mode and it'll keep everybody from contacting you yeah. and you can have, you know, moments of deep work and you can sprint through different projects. Right. I doesn't hesitate for me to turn on those focuses when I'm at work. When I'm at home, I don't turn any of those filters. I let everybody get me about all the things mm. and all those interactions, all those distractions, all those things that are taking time away from major and trace. And it can be as simple as let me just turn on my do not disturb, but right. I need to be as intentional with that time as I am with my work. With my sure. Work time. That's good. That's really good. And it's, it's, I don't know why it's hard. It's kind of hard for me to turn mm. off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so a lot of different opinions about that. And, and I've worked really hard the last, it's taken me a couple of years or many years, but the last year and a half, probably two years, I've done it, tried to do a very, very good job at not working at home. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, I've hired more people, not overhired, but hired more people yeah. that can take care of things that I don't have to take care of anymore. Yeah. So, uh, okay. What is the, this is a two part question. The first one's going to be easy. The second one's going to be hard. Okay. What is your, the favorite, your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Favorite vacation I ever took was on my first mommy major vacation. Was the first one us two together? Yeah, I. Uh, that was that was an important one. Okay, what is your the favorite your favorite vacation that you've never taken? Well, I want to go like a lot of places. Pick one. The I one think you want to go to. I want to go to South Africa. Really? I think it would be Why? cool. I want to see animals that yeah. I would never get the opportunity to see. Sure. Serengeti sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And I want to be around people that talk like this. <laughs> so one last night. So the crazy thing is last night. So we're in I Pelham. Uh, no, we're in Pelham last night and my daughter's playing sand volleyball. And I got the two little kids. And we're just killing time because Pelham's like 35 minutes from our house. And we're walking <laughs> and Georgia goes, Daddy, can I ask that lady if I can pet her dog? And she goes, I go, yeah, sure. And she goes, can I pet your dog? And Boom, there comes this South African accent. 
And I was and, and, and Georgia goes, Daddy, she talks funny. And I look up at her. I say, you from South Africa? She goes, yes. And so I heard it last night. Yep. I said, I, I want to be, I want to, I want to go there. I right. Think be real fun. There's a guy in the building that has a, is from South Africa. So it, it is fun to hear him talk. Um, okay. Last question. What's the best, you can't say the Bible. What's the best book you've ever read? The Go-Giver. It is a good book. It's a great book. It's your favorite book. I would say it is the one. Yeah. It's one that can go for a lot of different sure. people at a lot of different places in life. Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi is a great book as well. Never Eat Alone. I've heard that one too. Never Good. eat alone. Um, Five dysfunctions at a team, or and it's great for anybody who's leading you like a team. Do you want me to keep going? I yeah, can yeah, yeah. I know. I said favorite, not not a list. I said favorite. <laughs> um, okay, so if anyone wants to contact you, you, mentioned it earlier. If anyone wants to contact you, whether it be about buying a, buying or selling a home, or wants to work with you, or just mm-hmm. wants to dig in deep, sure. yeah, where can they reach you? Uh, AnnaMarieEllison.com. A N N A dash M A R I E E L L I S O N. Or I'm on all the socials. Perfect. That's great. Um, thank you so much. This has been great. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun, interesting things in here, and it's been really, really good. I appreciate it. What made you want to start this podcast? Um, the selfish answer is because I don't know what my life is going to be like in the next six to ten years. I don't know where I'll be, what I'll be doing, and so I want to grow a a brand of really a personal brand, I guess, of being able to connect with people on the level of doing business. So I get asked all the time, you, I bet you love food. I like food a lot, but I love business. Mm-hmm. And so I want there to be some sort of platform where I can talk to people, but also make connections like this and to whoever else. But I also know there are people out there that listen that when they hear someone talk enough, they feel like they have a connection with them. And if there's somebody out there that wants to do business, wants to have business, wants advice on business or whatever, I'd love them to use me or call me because they feel a connection to me. Because there's going to be somebody out there that wants to sell a business at some point, somebody out there that wants to do some sort of real estate deal. I would love to be involved with that. So it's more of building a platform to where I can do future, have future relationships and future business, however long, much down the line that is. So as a TK... Did you ever feel that pressure or that expectation? When you say TK, teacher's kid? Yeah, I'm a TK. No, I did not. My parents um, were very, very hands-off. So my dad was a, is a Hall of Fame coach, um, and he was the opposite. So there was zero pressure. Um, did not push me, did not ride me, and I wish in some ways back in the day, I wish that he would push me and rode me more, but he didn't. I was extremely self-motivated. I don't, I, I don't really know where that came from. Um, but I did not feel pressure. Like we were not a, you gotta be great in school. I mean, I was a 3.2 kid in, in high school. I made it like an 18 on the ACT. Like no one ever like, you know, gave, put pressure on me to, I know, to but thrive. Like every, your dad had a great impact on a lot of people, on a oh, lot yeah. of kids. So did my mom. So like, there's got to be that uh, every time you run into it, I'm like, oh, that's Cox's kid, you know? No, 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 no. I did not view it that way at all. I viewed it as um, a way of my dad. My dad, I felt like, was called to be a dad to those kids. We grew up in a in a predominantly black community, a not a lower class, but just a poorer black community, and my dad was the dad to those kids. And 
that had a direct impact on me because I saw how much that that community loved him and valued him. And I can't tell you how many times I get, I'm in Walmart or someone knows me that knew dad would say, I would not be where I am today without your dad. And that is awesome. Especially on the back end of things, because my dad wasn't there as much mm-hmm. as I'm there for my kids. Mm-hmm. But I now realize that he was changing lives all around that town. And um, I don't know if it's easier for, I didn't really think about it back then, mm-hmm. but I know that on the back end of it, that's what he was doing. And it's, um, but no, I didn't ever feel any pressure. All my pressure was self inflicted because I wanted to be great. Yeah, Major's that way. Major applies way more pressure on himself. I don't usually ever need to say anything. He's already yeah. broken it down forwards and backwards. Right. All of the things that went wrong. Yep. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's put no pressure, for, especially for my mom. My mom's like, whatever you want to do, baby. <laughs> I mean, not in a bad way, not in a bad yeah. way, but like just, you know, she kind of, I think she also knew that I was pretty responsible. So. Is there a trait or a characteristic that you have that you want to make sure all of your kids have? Yes. Um, and what is it? There's two. Okay. okay. And here, here's, here's what they are. Number one, I want my kid, and these are the only two, because these two things um, will overflow into so many other things. Number one is an excessive love for Jesus. That is the most important thing. Having a relationship with Jesus is extremely difficult. The older you get, the more difficult it gets because there's so many things that are pulling you in other ways. There's sex, there's jobs, there's progression, there's all these things. But if you can have an excessive love for Jesus and stay consistent on that path, it's extremely important because what that does is it gives always gives us a center always gives us a basis point to go back to because there's going to be extremely great times and there's going to be extremely crappy times. And we've got to have a point to always go back to because what happens is depending on your mindset and your thought process, you will tilt towards a victim mentality mm-hmm. or you will tilt towards a, I'm an, I'm amazing mentality. Mm-hmm. And so an excessive love for Jesus will help keep us in the middle Number two, an abundant focus on health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Those two things are incredibly important because if you can stay consistent within a relationship with Jesus and you can stay consistent with a focus on health and fitness, they both require discipline and consistency. And with discipline and consistency, you can do so many different things. I don't care if you do real estate, if you're a videographer or a photographer, if you do food, if you, whatever it is, those two things can take you so far. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have a list of these 19 things, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really don't care. My daughter wants to sing. Tegan wants to play in the NFL. Georgia's seven. She wants to play with baby dolls right now. Yeah. But those two things, if those two things can be there, they really can do just about anything. The health and fitness part portion is as much physical and mental as it is anything. So I feel like in those two things, I've got a spiritual, a mental, a physical, 
and if they can, those two things, can, two those things can be extremely important and have be great traits. Then I think they will thrive at just about anything. So those are all my questions. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Anna Marie is available and is a wonderful asset. If you're in Birmingham, if you're not in Birmingham, you just have questions. She's more than happy to talk. And uh, so if you need her, reach out. So if you have enjoyed this, we would love for you to subscribe to all of the different platforms that you're hearing us on, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, we'd love to, uh, to hear from you if you have any questions. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you.